Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran. Yes? The code to the ancient puzzle is Apple. And if you didn't want to hear that, then you're listening to the wrong show because that is a spoiler. Wow, I don't even know what that's from. I'll tell you after the show. Don't okay. know spoil things too much. But yes, that is a spoiler somewhat relating to our movie, in a way, in theme, I guess. Really? Mm, yes. Okay, well, I'm interested in finding out. <laughs> but the movie we're talking about this week is Ryan Johnson's upcoming whodunit murder mystery movie, right. Knives Out. That's right. Gorilla Radio. Yes. Sorry, I've been doing that all week. <laughs> I was out Gorilla Radio. Yeah, it's a Rage Against the Machine reference. Right. Probably I'm one glad, person I'm glad you out got it out there. It. I'm glad you got it out there early. Because my thing that I was thinking of is, what's next? Forks out? So yours is a little bit more yeah. cooler well, than mine. There's actually a Radiohead song called Knives Out. But no, yeah, I, I didn't know. reference that. <laughs> I just referenced Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Oh, well. Anyway, if it's your first time listening to the show, if you've stuck around through that introduction, oh, what wow. we do in You're this in show, long haul, then. Yes, we look at a trailer, we look at the posters, any promotional material we can for a movie, and then we try and work out as much of the plot as humanly possible. We each go away for a week and come up with our own separate plots, typically, mm. and then we basically rip each other's plots apart <laughs> yeah. as we go through it. Belittle each other as uh, moviegoers, yes. as we like to say that we can predict things before they come out, but yes. we like to put that to the test. Absolutely. Now, this is something that you and I used to do all the time. Maddie D and I used to do this. We'd see a trailer or we'd walk past a movie poster on the street and we'd go, hey, I reckon I know what's going to happen in that movie. And then we'd throw all these ideas out there. And then most of the time we found that we were pretty close. Yeah. So we just thought we'd put it to the test. We'd put ourselves to the ultimate test, put it on record, put it out there. Because when we tell people afterwards, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I could have told you that. That's right. Yeah. That's so predictable. Now, if you want to put us to the test, one of the movies that we've talked about is currently in cinemas. Mm. Rambo Last Blood oh, how exciting that you're listening to this will be in cinemas yep. so you can listen to our episode on that typically it's better I find if you listen to it after the movie if you're going to see Rambo Last Blood I mean it. you're more than welcome to listen to it before Yeah. see if anything that we said appears in the movie but yeah I think mostly it works if you listen to our podcast after you watch the movie yes I definitely think you get more from it if you listen to it afterwards So, but do whatever you want yes please do so if you're going to see Rambo Last Blood this weekend yeah, put us to the test let us know what you think let us know how close you think we were and of course we'll revisit the movie later down the track but in the meantime let's start talking knives out let's start talking knives now out. first of all i've got to ask now this is definitely a ryan johnson project through and through mm, yeah now you may know ryan johnson as the director of brick or looper or probably the one that other minor biggest movie that he claimed to recently. fame was star wars episode eight the last jedi as well as he did a couple of episodes of breaking bad as well pretty notable episodes too that. right at the end really? of the series Probably the one that stands out most to me is the episode where Jesse and Walter are chasing a fly around the meth lab for the entire episode. He did that episode? Yeah, that was him. Uh, I didn't like that one. Now, interestingly enough, something about Ryan Johnson that I've always noticed, he always divides audiences with his movies. So you're always going to have How, people... Kieran? You're always going to have people who watch his movies and say, I really loved it, or you're going to have people say, oh, I really hated it. So, so there's no middle ground. Yeah, there's no real middle ground. So I guess that leads me directly into my next question. What is your history with Ryan Johnson and his movies well i mean i saw star wars um, episode eight that's right i haven't watched brick although you've told me about it yes. and i've seen some clips here and there but that's pretty much it i don't really know his work that well i didn't know he did some of the breaking bad did episodes. you see looper uh yes but i can't really remember a lot of it did you love it or hate it i didn't there's really no remember. middle ground Maddie D. Oh, there's, there's no, no middle, middle ground. ground well i Dividing 
audiences here. I don't remember loving it, <laughs> if okay. that answers your question. Well, I guess that says everything. And you already said that you didn't like that Fly episode of no, his. No, I didn't, no. From Breaking Bad. So, no. for me, yeah, the first thing I ever saw of his was Brick, which I think was his first theatrical film, which I personally really enjoyed. So, at the time, I remember thinking, wow, this is the guy to watch. So, I was really looking forward to Looper when it came out. And let's just say I wasn't in the loving it field of Looper. <laughs> I really didn't like that movie at all. As far as The Last Jedi is concerned, you didn't say anything about that many, D. No, I didn't. Um, I saw that in cinemas and at the time I watched it with a bunch of people that kind of really tore it to shreds and I didn't think really? it deserved that. I didn't think it was that bad. I remember you saying that at the time. Mm, it wasn't my favourite Star Wars. No. So I guess you could say I sit in the middle ground with that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Look now, at me. I'm defying everything right now. I've got to say I'm the same. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't think it was the worst thing ever made. No. But I certainly didn't love the movie and I thought it was tonally off for a Star Wars movie. But there was like bits of it that were kind of cool and then other bits that were like, what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. But that's my personal opinion. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people who And I've got it. the same opinion, so. But in saying that it's tonally off, I thought episode seven was also tonally off as well, so. I kind of liked episode seven. That's yeah, probably one of I my favorites. I liked it better than episode eight, but still, both of those movies don't really feel like Star Wars movies to me personally, but I guess we're going to talk all about new Star Wars and Star Wars in general later on in the year. Well, yeah. actually, a couple of weeks from now. That's right. That's going to be an exciting one. There's a little bit of a tea there, but yes, that fly episode of Breaking Bad, I didn't mind it, but I remember nothing my, happened. I remember my girlfriend absolutely hated it. At the end, I went, Oh, that wasn't too bad. And she goes, No, that was awful. Nothing <laughs> happened. And Brick as well, I enjoyed, as I mentioned before, and she hated it. Mm. And Looper, we were both agreed on. We both okay, didn't like it. So you Looper, came together so. on that. I didn't see his other film, something about boys in the river or whatever it was. Right. <laughs> Everyone's going to be laughing at me for that <laughs> assessment of it. But yeah, it was something to do with boys and water. <laughs> right. Okay. I didn't see it. So. All right. Should we say what we know Stick about this? Uh, what yeah, this what movie? do we know about Knives Out so far? So this was not on my radar personally, and with the exception of doing this show, we have one trailer that has been released that gives a little bit of information. Yes. Uh, we have a cast list, which, oh, lordy, lordy, this cast. Yes, this I cast can't is wait incredible. to start talking about this cast. Um, I got nothing from the trailer for this. Can I just say that out loud? I got nothing from the trailer and I got nothing from like just reading the bios of the characters, but they did do like a press release, like where they came out and they talked about the they movie. They had a series of posts. Posters. Mm. Did you see that? Now, we always say at the start of the show that we look at all the promotional material, including posters. <laughs> I didn't look at the posters. Most of the time, you don't get any information from posters, but yep. they have a poster for each suspect for this movie, as yep. well as the investigators. Yeah. So, the byline on each of these suspect posters is a little description of the character. Is so there? I actually so got a whole bunch of information just from the posters alone. I, I could not believe it. I didn't look at the posters. The one time I don't look at the posters is the one time it actually gives information. Yes. Now, nah, for me, the press release really gave me a lot of the information. Yeah. But other than that, other than people talking about the movie and other than the trailer, and apparently other than these posters, yeah. um, that's really all we know. We know it's an old-style whodunit. We know it's sort of inspired by those old-style whodunit movies. Mm. Like, the first thing I think of is Clue. Agatha Christie mysteries. Yeah, Agatha Christie mysteries. Like Hercule Poirot or yeah. Miss Marple, whatever her name was. And kind of like a Hitchcock vibe yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the sort of style. It's, it's kind of got a very campy callback style to an yes. older style of movie. Very much like the film version of Murder on the Orient Express. Not yeah. the recent one. The but classic one with Sean Connery and the guy from Psycho and all those other actors. It very much feels like one of those ensemble pieces. Yeah. Especially when you start breaking down who's in the movie. A lot of extreme close-ups, a lot of corny lines. Yes. Um, not really taking itself seriously at all. At least that's what we can tell from the trailer. Yes, absolutely. Now let's talk about who's in the movie because there's a whole bunch of people. We could probably oh devote God. 90% let's... of this podcast just to talking about who the actors are. Let's try. This is a huge cut. 
podcast. And I only took a handful of them, and there's still about 10 of them that I felt like we have to talk about. We really need to talk about these 10 or so people. Now, the first person I really want to talk about, and I'm very excited to talk about this person since he's never been on our show before, it's Daniel Craig playing Detective Benoit Blanc. Yes. Now, of course, everybody knows Daniel Craig these days as James Bond himself. The Tomb Raider movie. Yes, that's what I've got here. He was (laughs) Alex in the original Tomb Raider movie with Angelina Jolie. He played like a Nazi or something recently, right? I remember he was in an episode of The Young Adventures of Indiana Jones, (laughs) but I don't know if he was a Nazi, and I remember he wasn't a likable guy. guy, This guy is such a big character actor. Road to Perdition as well. Uh, But everyone just sees him as The Golden Compass. Yeah, Was he in Golden Compass? Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was that guy with the tiger. Yes, that was him. But yeah, James Bond is definitely his standout role. It's probably what he's going to be remembered for for all of time. And we're going to talk about James Bond again. A little bit of a tease there in a couple of weeks. Look at all these teasers. So I'm very excited to see Daniel Craig, interestingly enough, doing a Kentucky accent in this movie. Yes. I never really go with it when he does an American accent, like when he did it in Tomb Raider. <laughs> it was Angelina Jolie doing a British accent against Daniel Craig doing an American accent. And this is a really full-on accent, too. It's yeah, like, but I think well, it's supposed I to be. I do declare. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, I suppose so. It's like Foghorn Leghorn is like investigating this matter. Yes, it is. So, well, I like him in everything that I see, so I'm sure he'll bring a good performance here. <laughs> yeah. Now, playing his partner or... Lackey. Lackey or... He's the Soon mentor to die. of this character. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. We'll see. Playing Detective Elliot is Lakeith Stanfield. Mm. Now, I'm not really familiar with Lakeith myself. Me neither. But I know that he did play Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton. Did he really? Yes, he did. Oh. The NWA movie. Cool. So that's pretty much all I know him for. So Didn't get up to the Snoop Dogg bit. No? I started that movie. I never finished it. It's okay. really good, though, wow. but I just never finished it. Well, okay. Fair enough. Now, playing Trooper Wagner is Noah Sagan. Mm. Now, I do actually know Noah Sagan, even though Lakeith Stanfield is probably... Probably a better known actor. Now, Noah Sagan was in Brick. He was like a greaser in Brick. And he played one of the antagonists in Looper. And he had a random background cameo in The Last Jedi. Now, he is Ryan Johnson's lucky charm. Ryan Johnson is a little bit superstitious. And he feels like his movies are only successes when he puts Noah Sagan in them. So, Do you think Noah Sagan has like put that into his head? Just like, hey, have you noticed that all the movies that you do with me in it are good? And just to get well, him booking work. That's basically the first thing he says anytime they interview him. <laughs> There's a great episode of I Was There Too where Noah Sagan's the guest and that's basically the first story he tells. Yeah. That's pretty good. If you've got a like well-known director who's going to put you in all these movies. <laughs> yes. Just because he thinks it's unlucky not to. If any directors out there need that person, look at Matty D. Yeah, look, call me up. I'll, <laughs> I'll fix your movies He's for you. He's desperate for work. <laughs> I'm desperate. Now, those were the investigators. Those are the police force who are going to be investigating the crime, the murder that is going to be committed. Now, let's talk about the murder victim himself playing Harlan Thromby is Christopher Plummer. Yes. Now, most people will know Christopher Plummer as George Von Trapp from The Sound of Music. Yep. Though my favorite favorite role that I've ever seen him in is playing Sir Charles Lytton in The Return of the Pink Panther. Was he really? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And he is great in that movie. Is he? He basically plays like a James Bond ripoff character who's yeah. a jewel thief. Okay. Well, retired jewel thief, but yeah. Cool. Fantastic movie. Recommended to everybody. Return of the Pink Panther. He's just one of those faces that you just see everywhere. Yes. You know what I mean? He's, He's replacing Kevin Spacey in that movie where they That's had to go right, through and like did. completely cut out Kevin Spacey That's and replace right. him with Christopher Plummer. Yeah, that's right. The next person I wanted to talk about, we've talked about him before, 
playing Ransom Drysdale Thromby is Chris Evans. Yes. Now, I think everybody knows Chris Evans as that big, famous Marvel character, Johnny Storm, or a.k.a. the Human Torch. And in Not Another Teen Movie. Yes, he was in that. As well as... He wasn't the guy pooping on the girl's chest, was he? No, he was the jock. Oh, he might have been. I don't know. He was the jock that he falls He was the hunky love. guy. He was the hunky guy. That's right. Yes, of course, Christopher Evans is best known as Captain America. I don't know how many more movies he's going to appear in as Captain America after Endgame. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, maybe old Captain America is running around. Yeah, I hope. Oh, that would be the best thing. The Adventures of Senior America. Yes. (laughs) Senior Captain America. Um, He was also in Scott Pilgrim and Snowpiercer as well. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He's playing a very different character, but not to. He always used to play the jerks, and now everyone sees him as like Captain America is very like noble and nice guy. He was in The Losers as well, playing a jerk character, if you remember that, which was like a Vertigo comic series that they adapted to a movie. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen that, but it's nice. It's refreshing to see. We were only talking about this last week off air. Mm saying that Chris Evans is so boring when he's Captain America. <laughs> I like him as Captain America. Because he's got no range. Yeah. And then before that, he was always playing the jerky, yeah. wise guy. Well, it's weird because I always saw him as the jerk because those are yeah. all the characters he played. So when he was being Captain America, I'm like, yeah, this guy, uh. nothing against Chris Evans. Just like he, to me, was always a jerk. <laughs> I like, think it's nice that back. he's returning to formula. I'm like, It's going to be refreshing. He's, he's not going to be, be good the hero. Well, he's out of his Marvel contract. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I guess that's why he's breaking character now. Mm, all right. Who else do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Jamie Lee Curtis, who is playing Linda Drysdale Thromby. Yeah. Now, everyone knows Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode from the Halloween movies, uh, but I like her best in True Lies. Yes. Where she plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. Where she does a striptease. Yes. You've got to dance sexy. Let your body flow. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go with the Freaky Fridays reference. Yeah, she was in Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan, but let's forget about that. (laughs) Thoughts on Jamie Lee Curtis? Excited to see her on the big screen. I haven't seen her in a movie for a while, so she'll be good. Absolutely. I certainly think so. Now, playing her husband, Richard Drysdale Thromby, is Don Johnson. Mm-hmm. That's right. Don Johnson is probably best remembered as Crockett from Miami Vice. That's definitely where I first got to know him. Yep. But he was also Big Daddy in Django Unchained. He's definitely become a friend of Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez in these later years because he's <laughs> popped up in all those movies. Uh, I really am happy that he's made a resurgence as an actor because he wasn't acting for a while. Once yeah. Miami Vice dried up, he sort of disappeared. But now he's in almost every second movie. Oh, he was also in A Boy and His Dog, if you remember that movie. Before mm. he was ever in Miami Vice, back in 1975, A Boy and His Dog post- right. post- Post-apocalyptic movie where he has a psychic connection with a dog. Fair enough. It's not a bad movie. I'd recommend it. If you're going to have a psychic connection. He also had a failed singing career, if you remember that. Nope. He had a song called Heartbeat. Look that up. (laughs) John Johnson Heartbeat. Fantastic. And it didn't beat. No, it did not. It was very much flatlining back in the 80s. So the next person I want to talk about playing Joni Thromby is Tony Collette. Yes, Australia's own. Yes, Australia's own darling Tony Collette. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the big one. Yes, Tony Collette. Yes. Mm, okay. Well, What's what movie is, What movie she's in, sorry. What was she in here? Muriel's Wedding. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Silly the one that me. has a musical out right now. Yeah, yeah. She was Muriel in Muriel's Hate Wedding. Hate to date the podcast. But though. I think most people remember her as the mum from Sixth Sense, the mum from Little Miss Sunshine, <laughs> the mum from Hereditary, <laughs> the mum from United States of Tara. I think she was a mum in that. She but, was? Yeah. If you need a mum in a movie, if you can't get the woman from I, Tonya, <laughs> whatever her name was. She's kind of like a nice mum. Yeah. Like a more relatable mum. Well, I saw Hereditary. I don't know about that. So. <laughs> 
But yeah, she's exploded in the US at the moment. Well, I guess the last 10 years, Tony Collette. A lot of people don't even know that she's an Australian actor. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's exploded. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. That's what you need to do, Matty D. You just I just got to start pretend to be American. Putting on an American accent everywhere that's you go. That's what's wrong. Do one like... Um, do like one Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's doing just, in this movie. I'll just walk around with a Kentucky accent. Now, I can't say that I'm really familiar with Michael Shannon, who is playing Walt Thromby. Uh, Zod? But, yeah, he was General Zod in Man of Steel. But Walking the Line, yeah. uh, where he played Johnny Cash, right? Walk the Light. Wasn't that... Well, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see so. that movie. Maybe it's Walking Phoenix. I get those two confused. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was Walking Phoenix. Phoenix. Whoops. Oh. I get those two so yeah, confused. Yeah, everyone says that Michael Shannon's this fantastic actor, but I can't say personally that I've seen him in anything. He was and- in 8 Mile. <laughs> It, Unless it was one, I'm Phoenix not counting. Again. I am not. Yeah, he was in Eight Mile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. But yeah, I'm not counting General Zod as a great performance. Why not? <laughs> I don't think it really needs to be said. <laughs> okay. And the last person I wanted to talk about playing Harlan Thromby's lawyer of all people is Frank Oz, who most people know as either Miss Piggy or Yoda. Oh, there Take you go. Pick. Take your pick. Wow. Director um, of Little Shop of Horrors and the remake of The Stepford Wives. Okay, cool. Can we also, if that was the last person you were mentioning... Yes. Now, yeah, I do want to mention Ana de Amas yep. as well. She is playing Marta Cabrera. Thank you. Now, everyone will probably know her if you saw Blade Runner 2049. She played the holographic wife of Ryan Gosling in that movie. Very important plot We got point to there. see her naked in one scene. It was great. It was. Lest we come across as sexist yeah that's the only thing i've seen her in yeah i don't really know her if anything i didn't even put two and two together that she was the holograph wife yeah holograph uh, wife. Understand that. but of course you wanted to bring her up because you feel that she is going to be an important character in this movie and i'm with you there Matty yeah. d i am 100 percent with you so should we get straight into our plots i know you're going first Let's and i know it. you're raring to go i'm raring to go and personally i know that i've got a lot to talk about but i think it would be helpful before we dive straight into your plot, Manny D, to go through the characters, because there's a whole bunch of people in the Thromby family, and I think it's worth sitting down and vetting out what we think their relationships are with okay. each other and sure. to the murder victim, Harlan Thromby himself, sure. just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Because, Manny D, I know sometimes you struggle with details, just to put it politely. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that one of us doesn't have an unfair advantage over the other one, where you don't have information that the other person does have. Yep. And we want to make it absolutely crystal clear to the audience's well, who these characters are that we're talking about, because there's so many of them Mm. that if you can't put a face to a name or a relationship to a name, then you're going to be completely lost when we go through our presumably deep and complicated plot. So let's talk about Harlan Thromby himself. He is the murder victim. Yep. He's the sort of figurehead of this family. Christopher Plummer's character. The oldest member of this family. Yep. Um, He's celebrating his 85th birthday, I believe, in the movie. And he is a crime novelist. Yes, that's right. So he's the world's most successful mystery writer, presumably, in the world of this movie. Now, he is murdered, so that's just the connection. He's the dead body. (laughs) Yeah, he's the body. He's Mr. X from Cluedo. Now, Marta Cabrera, Ana de Amas's character, is his caretaker. Yep. I guessed that. I didn't know that information, so yeah. I'm glad I'm on board there. It's his caretaker and closest confidant. So, I guess how we interpret that into our plots is up to the two of us. But, yep. yeah. So, she was responsible for helping this poor elderly man in the last few years of his life. Now, Walt Thromby is Michael Shannon's character. He is Harlan's youngest son, and he runs the family publishing company. So, presumably, the family started their own label after Harlan's success as a mystery writer, and Walt was put in charge of running that. Now, Walt's son is Jacob Thromby. Now, he is just credited as an internet troll, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work into the plot or why he's a suspect for that reason. He's related, isn't he? Yeah, so he is... 
Harlan's grandson. Yep. I think the surname Thromby is an indication that he's related. <laughs> but yeah, so he is Walt's son. Harlan's eldest daughter is Linda Drysdale Thromby, and she is Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Now, she is apparently a businesswoman, and she is married to John Donson's character, Richard Drysdale Thromby. I'm presuming that Drysdale is his maiden name, his surname <laughs> pre-marriage. Surname, yes. But because the Thromby name is so important, that's why they have a hyphenated surname. Yep. The one thing about Richard that they pointed out that he has indiscretions that may catch up to him. So, Ooh, okay. what exactly that means, I suppose we'll see. <laughs> I certainly have an interpretation. I don't know about you. It sounds like this is the first time you're hearing about this. Yep. <laughs> Quickly work it into your plot. <laughs> All right. Now, their son, Ransom Drysdale Thromby, played by Chris Evans, who we talked about before, is described as a spoiled trust fund playboy. That's pretty obvious in the trailer. Yes. And he is Jamie Lee Curtis's son and Don Johnson's son. He's the quarterback. Is he? No, he's not. I'm making that up. Okay. I I was worried for a second. I'm (laughs) like, don't tell me he's a playboy and a football player. No, no. I think he's just a rich kid. Jumping over to, I guess, the other side of the family here, we have Joni Thromby, who is Tony Collette's character. Now, she's apparently a lifestyle guru and Harlan's daughter-in-law. Who's her husband? Ooh, I don't know. I interpreted it my own way in the plot. I don't know if he's actually going to I thought appear. she was just a daughter of his. No, no. She's a daughter-in-law. Oh. So she's only related through blood. Walt, maybe? Could be, but why wasn't she described in the press release as Walt's wife? Don't know. And then that would make Meg Thromby, her daughter, Jacob's sister, which yeah. they also don't say. Okay, you can work that into your plot if that's what you think, but I think they're from a separate marriage with a separate son who may not be around. It sounds like you've thought he about these relationships. may not be alive. Either that, this is just my interpretation. Either that or he's one of the sort of like nameless Thromby family members who aren't really important shown in the trailer in that much detail Mm. or really given a big name actor that's worth putting on the poster. Now, Meg Thromby, Joni's daughter, of course, is a social activist. What they mean by that is, I suppose, up to your interpretation, but... I guess that's enough to make her a suspect. <laughs> right. And that's basically all the major Thromby family members that I wanted to discuss. So I'm going to mention Donna, played by Ricky Lindholm from Garfunkel and Oates. No, fame. I'm not. I don't think she's going to be important. She okay. had one shot in the trailer. Okay. I, I actually <laughs> and like, she's not a suspect. So. I like this actress because... You like I'm, Garfunkel and Oates? Yeah. You like that song they sing about... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of like them too. I used to listen to, their, to her podcast, actually, all five episodes or whatever of it. And wow. it's always good to see her getting, you know, bumping around and being like, hey, she's there. Yeah. Well, I guess she wasn't a big enough name to be featured prominently in the trailer. I think Maybe she's, she's the killer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your plot. Yeah. Let's get into it right now. All right. Let me start. Let me do it. And I just want to firstly say that uh, it, my plot was actually, my prediction, I should say, was heavily influenced, as I said, by uh, the press release that they announced, where they gave a few clues. They said the first half is going to be a whodunit, and the next bit was going to be a thriller. Really? Yep. Where, where I didn't read this press release. I had no idea. Well, yeah, it was sort of like a convention where they just spoke about it. Okay. So they said, and I just want to say this before I go into it because it'll make a lot of sense. They said Columbo style. They said the the movie will be like a Columbo style whodunit. Why was she wearing? White socks. Now, in Colombo, we find out who the killer is early on. Yes. Really? Yeah. So, this is what's shaping my ideas. (laughs) Also, he said something that could be completely wrong, but he said this, and I quote, we will find out who the killer is, but we will want her to get away with it. Real? Oh. So, I think he slipped up. I might be completely Unless wrong. Unless he's feeding you dodgy information. <laughs> Unless he's feeding me dodgy information. To throw you off on the wrong track. So that's where so I'm... So you write some complete so that's bullshit where as I'm, a plot prediction. 
that's where I'm going at it. And he also mentioned some things about Chris Evans' character, Ransom. Like he made jokes about the quote unquote nice guy being played to be a guy with killer tendencies. So wow. I think that's going to be something that they're setting up for his character to be a I can't believe suspect. I missed all this. This completely <laughs> changes the scope of the movie for me now. So let me go into what I'm going to say. So okay. my prediction. So we open up with a shot of the mansion as Harlem Thornberry. Who? Harlan Thornberry. <laughs> Nigel Thornberry. It's Thromby. Thromby. So I just re. I, I knew you were going to do that. So, so, just, so we open up with a shot of Harlan Thromby. Thromby. Uh, as he sits down drinking a scotch by the fireplace. It's raining and we see some foreboding things such as a large dollhouse, which mm. I did see in the trailer, with miniatures who will understand soon to be figures of his family. Wow. That'll play into the plot. Maybe when they're talking about stuff, they'll use the little miniatures. Little dolls. We'll also see a sculpture of knives that we see in the trailer. Yes. It's like a big halo of knives that are that you can Doesn't pull out it all look like the Iron Throne from in Game, Game of, of Thrones? Thrones? I know, right? And then we'll also see several books with his face on it mm. so that we understand that he's an author of some kind, which I'm sure they'll elaborate on. Um, so think of this as a version or an evil version or a very mysterious version of Back to the Future, the start of the oh, Back okay. to the Future movie. You know what I mean? Where yeah. we're looking at things here. We see through Doc's lab and all the clocks. So Marta enters. Harlem tells her to greet his guests. We'll see cars pulling up in the stormy night. And this will be our first glimpse of the horrible family members. And it seems to be the first time that they've seen each other in years. We then see Harlan celebrating his birthday with candles and fake smiles and songs, almost like a short montage. The family will be pining over Harlan and it'll be very overly happy. We'll be like, this isn't real. Mm. Harlan will excuse himself. He whispers to Linda. Well, Linda, I guess, because she's his daughter. Uh, that One he, of them. That he needs to take his medication and he doesn't want the younger members of his family to see him take his medication. So he do it. Wants to do it in private. In his absence, the family start bickering about their actual motives, accusing each other of wanting to get their father's slash grandfather's wealth and inheritance and the company he'll leave behind. Marta walks into the room. She screams, Harlem is dead. His dead body is surrounded by pills. Mm. Bam, bam, bam. Mystery is afoot. We go to present day. It's the same house. Benoit Blanc enters. He's very mysterious. We see all the other detectives start doing their police work. Each family member drives in and is reintroduced. They have a sit down where they discuss what's actually happened and Blanc reveals himself, much similar to how we see in the trailer, where he's in the background in the shadows playing a piano. He claims he suspects foul play and every single family member is a suspect and they can't leave until the case is solved. That's right. So this is the part of the movie. The movie will be in two halves. This half of the movie will be the Who Done It. It'll span over a period of nights where the characters will sleep in the house. <laughs> wow. Because that's a great idea. But they're like they're just oh, really slow detectives, oh, these two. Oh, well, we're detectives. We'll make sure everybody's fine just while we solve the case. If they leave, obviously they make themselves look guilty. Mm. So they're all just gonna stay there. There'll be a lot of bickering and recounts of versions of what happened, as well as flashbacks to where other family members are suspicious. So think of maybe when, you know, they're having like a Christmas day together and they see sort of a dodgy Walt walking around, you know, hiding paperwork. They're like, that's because you were setting up to kill him and there'll be a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to breeze over a lot of details here, Kieran, because I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth with yes. these characters and no one wants to hear and that. I think it's only the major plot points that we're interested in. That's right. So we don't need to hear every single red herring. Absolutely. And I'm sure the audience agrees. Yes. So we're going to, each character will be revealed for who they actually are. Linda and Richard will be working together um, and will be- Well, their husband and wife. Yeah. And 
will be really disingenuous people and Linda will be pulling the strings and Richard will kind of be like a lackey almost. Joni will be the woke shallow bimbo. Donnie will be a spoiled brat. Great Nana, who you didn't mention, will take everyone by surprise by how irreverent she is because she's an older woman. I think She's, she's going to do a, a bit where she sings a hip hop song because exactly, that's funny. Exactly, exactly, because it's funny. Meg will seem innocent but will actually be terrible and Ransom will be a jerk but played for likability with no secret of wanting so she's the a terrible social activist. Well, I'm talking about Ransom here, but yeah, okay. Meg will be, they'll all be very disingenuous. They'll all be kind of pretending to be yeah, of course. nice people, but they'll, we'll know very soon that they're actually very awful. Walt will be played as a straight bad guy. In the, just an up and up villain. Yeah, he'll just be, everyone will suspect Walt. Right. Walt's set up to be the actual killer, we think. Nana will die, but it'll be actually due to natural causes. Right. It will make people really suspicious. Richard will then be murdered. Joni will discover the killer and die. We'll see like her mm. look at the killer go, ah, and Sort of die. like in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, that's right. I also know that she's a big Instagram person as well. I think they're going to play a lot of comedy in there. Really? She's like a spiritual guru, yeah. Okay. And the audience will be set up to believe the killer is Walt, as I said, because he's very suspicious this whole time. They'll yeah. catch him doing stuff. They give him the evil music. And this is put to rest when they see Walt dying and Ransom being caught red-handed. Ooh. So they arrest Ransom. Uh, he goes to jail. All is well. well. Is he like pulling the knife out of Walt's back as they walk in? He's in the room when Walt is dead, essentially. Right. Framing him to be the killer. Plus, he's been a jerk this entire time. So yeah. everyone's like, makes sense. He didn't hide the fact that he wanted the inheritance. Get rid of him, Chris Evans. Me. We always thought it was you. So he'll go to jail. That old age makeup's convincing nobody. <laughs> so he'll go to jail. Blank will not be satisfied with this. And as he combs through the drugs, he finds <gasps> that they have a match in the bottle in Marta's coat. She was the actual killer all along and we're very surprised <laughs> dun, because dun, dun. she's the only person that seemed nice in this but here's we'll go into it but the next part of the movie will be them trying to track down Marta as they attempt to solve the mystery Marta herself will be trying to figure out what has happened and it'll kind of be stylized like a Hitchcock thriller where Marta is looking for sort of clues at what's happened so what's actually happened is Harlan has told Marta that he was going to fake his own death to get back at his family and see how his family would attempt to get his inheritance Interesting. This is why the lawyer was important because he wanted to Frank know Oz. Frank Oz because he wanted to know what the family would do so he could secure himself after he died. Right. In the process, he actually dies for real, making Marta wonder what had happened. So she's just trying to figure out how he died and how she can clear her name, which will lead her to a broken down house in the country and will go down to the basement and this will be Harlan's childhood home. And all this sort of will be unraveled over the course of the plot, but towards this part of the movie, it'll be all... Coming together. Coming together. Saw style. So the the big reveal <laughs> the big reveal is that this was a plot by Harlan the entire time. He knew he was of dying of cancer and wanted to do something big and elaborate. <laughs> A this, big send-off. This is all revealed. Framing in, his family. This is all revealed in a video recording that Marta finds in the old house she goes to that mm-hmm. we see in the trailer. The video also claims that Marta is actually Harlan's legitimate daughter. Or wow. illeg- illegitimate daughter, sorry. Who Harlan She's has- She's only young. Jeez, who was he banging at such an oh, age? Oh, sorry. My, I said daughter. It's his illegitimate granddaughter. Right. That makes way more sense. I did so think granddaughter. I said maybe daughter. Maybe she and Chris Evan are brother and sister. Well, technically, well, technically they would be they either are. way. So. It's 
more so he had an affair with somebody or he fell in love with somebody Who? that's outside the family. We don't see okay. somebody off screen. Harlan did. Harlan did, yeah. Right, right. And that person had uh, a baby who had a baby and there we that are. was his granddaughter. So it was somebody who he sort of was detached from. Maybe the previous maid or maybe caretaker. Maybe. Um, just a long line of family member caretakers. <laughs> maybe. I think it's somebody who was like a one-off, one-night stand. He fell in love with it and he kind of distanced himself because it was an affair. It was, you know, he was a big time author. He didn't want to ruin his reputation. So he kind of had to keep it a secret. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense to me. Excellent. So he wanted Marta to know because he believes that she has a mind like his. Mm. And so that's why he created this elaborate case for her to solve, making her worthy of getting the inheritance. The killings that happened earlier with the family members were actually the family members killing each other. Because they all suspected each other of being the killers. And then when that didn't happen, they tried to cover their tracks, which puts true meaning to the line that Blanc says when he says you're putting a knife in each other. When as soon as you turn your backs, you put a knife in each other. So that literally happens. The yeah. family members are actually killing the each other. Metaphor becomes reality, as the trailer suggests, and that's where we end. Marta gets her inheritance. She Congrats. wins. We have a nice little moment between Blanc and Marta, where he does a cool little thing and he gives her like a nod and a wink, and he walks away and he flips Slaps his her coin. On the ass. He catches his coin, and the police officers are like, "Wow, how do you know Blanc?" And it's all, and he walks off into almost like Hannibal walks off into the sea of people. He just walks off and be cool and mysterious. Mm. If this movie is anything like this, it will bomb. I hope I'm wrong. I had no idea what I was wow. talking about, but that was the best I could come up with. Also, Trooper dies. I didn't say that. He's going to be one Aww. of the people that dies. Um, Poor guy. Trooper so, Wagner. Yeah, that's my plot. Hopefully it made sense. It was a little all over the place, but that is what I think is going to happen. Wow. I think that was really thought out. Thank you. I know you were worried about how it would come across, but yeah, it actually made a lot of sense. It Thanks. was succinct. Thank you. I like feedback. And uh, I think- it- Send it to me in an email version. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that legitimately might happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too far away from the realm of possibilities. Now, weirdly enough, when we start talking about my plot, weirdly enough, don't tell me you and I actually have a lot of similarities. <laughs> of would you believe we do. more than you'd think? Oh my god! Let's talk *Knives Out*. My plot by Kieran. So it's Harlan Thromby's 85th birthday. Happy birthday, Harlan. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. He's invited the entire extended family to his mansion in the hopes of reuniting them. So they've been bickering with each other for years and years, exactly like in your plot. Someone read Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. So none of them really like each other. We're introduced to all the members of the Thromby family one by one as they arrive for the party. So as they come in, they go, <laughs> oh, hi, Walt. Hi, Jacob, Walt's son. Hi, Wednesday Adams, daughter <laughs> of Gomez Adams and Letitia Adams. <laughs> Yeah, sister of Pugsley, <laughs> exactly like that. Most of the family are prickly towards one another, but they are all nice to Harlan, or at least they pretend to oh, be. Okay. Interestingly enough, we know where this is going. Yeah. After the candles are blown out, Harlan announces to his family that he has written his final mystery novel, his greatest work yet, and plans to retire. Some of the greedier family members bring up Harlan's will. What is going on with your will, Harlan? Oh, what? by the way, just yeah, on the, have you that written topic. Your will? Yeah. Have you decided who's going to get all this money and uh, family heirlooms? But Harlan doesn't want to discuss it at the time being, but assures the family that everyone will get what's coming to them when the time comes. Ooh. Dot, dot, dot. Jeez, I wish you hadn't gone first because this would sound way more <laughs> ominous. Harlan retires upstairs to his study and later on in the evening, when all the guests are getting ready to leave or to retire for the night, some of them might be staying overnight. They've had a bit too much to drink so they can't drive. A bit too much bourbon, champagne. Yes. One of the younger female family members, and I didn't name them, <laughs> finds Harlan Meg? dead. 
at his desk. Maybe Meg, maybe Ricky Lindholm's character. Who knows? Journey? Yeah, maybe. The Thromby family is suitably distraught. Well, the rest of the Thromby family, anyway. Or at least they're pretending to be distraught. Why was that their last name? Just to make it difficult for people like <laughs> us who have to say it over and over again. Yep. The police are called and we're introduced to our investigators. So we have Trooper Wagner, who is the slow-witted cop, who's just there to enforce the law and do all the heavy lifting. Basically, he's going to be the comic relief. He may get killed off, maybe not. Okay. And we also have fresh-faced Detective Elliot, who we learn has only recently been promoted to detective, and this is his very first case. Okay, so he's a little bit uh, green 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 around the gills. A little bit nervous. He's practicing in the mirror. Yes, absolutely. And now he is joined by his smug mentor, senior detective Benoit Blanc, who is an old pro who believes he's already solved the case in his own mind. The detectives investigate the scene of the crime, which has a smorgasbord of clues and evidence. There's (laughs) knives, there's pill bottles, there's syringes, there's a gun, there's a candlestick, there's a rope, whatever you need. Some of which were introduced earlier in the movie during the party scene so you know check out this beautiful heirloom candlestick <laughs> and now it's there next to the dead body along with all these other oh okay so it's not pills it's just and, a bunch well of- there's pills there there's a syringe there there's everything that you could imagine that could possibly murder this man now they don't know initially what killed harlan this is something that they're gonna have to decide during the autopsy a meanwhile <laughs> yes it's stuck up his nose. Meanwhile, Harlan's lawyer arrives, Frank Oz, and reads Harlan's will, and the Thromby family are shocked to learn that Harlan's caretaker, Marta, has received a large portion of his wealth. Oh, wow. Sound familiar? It does. Almost like the end of my plot. Yes. Most of the Thromby family are annoyed by this, since they feel that Harlan's fortune should have been given to the more worthy, in quotation marks, members of the family. And just stick within the Thromby family. Come on, what are you doing, Harlan? Harlan's body is taken away to the morgue for an autopsy while the detectives contact all the members of the Thromby family, ordering them to return to the mansion for questioning. But before the autopsy can take place, a mysterious masked person, I imagine they're going to be wearing a ski mask, throws a Molotov cocktail through the window into the examination room, burning up Harlan's body before the cause of death can be determined. So they don't even know what killed him. Oh, wow. Could be a knife, could be pills, could be poison, could be anything. There's a bottle of poison up in the study. A bottle of poison, I love it. Anything could be the cause Any other clue, Cluedo uh, weapons. Whatever else is a part of the board game. Because of this, the destruction of Harlan's body, that is, Detective Blanc immediately suspects foul play and insists that none of the Thromby family can leave the mansion until the investigation is complete. And now, I think this is going to take place over the course of a day. I don't think the investigation is going to go over multiple days. Okay. The family aren't going to be that slow at talking. Now, Detective Blanc and Elliot begin their interviews with the Thromby family and Harlan's employees inside the family library. We saw the big... uh, sculpture of all the knives which whenever they're interviewing the suspects they're going to have a shot i think we either saw it suggested in the trailer we just know this is going to happen through obvious filmmaking we're going to have a shot where the circle of knives surround all of the suspects heads so it's going to be the obvious knives out metaphor there yes literally pointing to the murderers so the camera angle will be shot in a certain way where that's right you know whoever's talking they're framed by the knives Oh, they can't help themselves. Now, the Thromby family will muddle the case by lying throughout their interviews in order to hide their own secrets. What exactly these are, I'll go into right now. I played Zod in the Superman movie. (gasps) The shame. I brought shame on the Thromby family. There's a lot of superheroes in this uh, cast. Yeah, there are. Tony Collette. Can't believe it. As the interviews (laughs) progress, the detectives are able to determine eight possible suspects. 
Now, first of all, we have Marta, of course, Harlan's caretaker. Since she was Harlan's confidant and carer throughout his final years, she had access to all the rooms in his mansion, as well as access to his medicine and food. Plus, she got the largest inheritance. Exactly. Well, she got a large portion of it. She didn't get the largest share. Oh. She just got a large portion, which is a bigger portion than the Thromby family thought that she should get at all. Now, Marta also insists that she wasn't aware that Harlan had left her all this money in her will, but of course, she could be lying, because Harlan tells her everything. Why wouldn't he tell this. The next suspect is Walt, Harlan's youngest son. Walt runs the family publishing company, and since Harlan was retiring, Walt might have felt that the cash cow had finally run out of milk. There's, gonna, <laughs> there's not going to be any new novels on the shelves coming from the famous Harlan Thromby anymore. He can't tie her to a bed and hobble him? No, I guess not. Wow. So by killing Harlan, potentially killing Harlan, Walt would guarantee that Harlan's mystery novels would get a boost in popularity, quite like when an artist dies. Right, that's great, I love it. And they would also remain treasured classics for all time. Remember the famous mystery author who was killed mysteriously? Yeah, I heard he was a method writer. And he was also the world's greatest mystery writer, so he would already be considered a classic author. Let's ignore that fact. Now the third suspect is Jacob, who is Walt's son. Now, Harlan always wanted Jacob to be a writer as well and preserve the family legacy, but Harlan was disappointed by Jacob when he showed no interest in writing novels but preferred to write nasty comments on YouTube videos (laughs) and bully celebrities like Maria Tran from The Last Jedi on Twitter. Or just The Last Jedi in general. Yeah. Or the the poor director of Last Jedi. Maybe he just symbolises all the hate he's getting about The Last Jedi. I absolutely think that's what it is. Harlan humiliated Jacob at the birthday party by calling out the fact that he's nothing but an internet troll, which caused Jacob to retort in front of everybody, who cares, you'll be dead soon anyway. Suspect. Old man. Now the next suspect is Linda, who of course is Harlan's eldest child and a successful businesswoman. Now mind you, Linda actually like her business is doing well, but she's actually bankrupt. And of course, she might see Harlan's inheritance as the perfect bailout for her business. Now, of course, the next suspect is Linda's husband, Richard. Richard isn't too concerned about his wife's business. The thing that Richard is concerned about is the fact that he had an affair with Joni. Ooh, okay. And Harlan discovered this when he overheard the two of them talking during the birthday party. Richard may have been worried that Harlan would tell his wife about the affair and therefore effectively cut him off from the Thromby family fortune. So he married into money and he wants to guarantee that it's going to stay that way. How does Joni fit in with the family then? Or is she not invited? We don't really I'm getting to her. I'm getting to her. Next suspect we have, suspect number six of eight, is Richard and Linda's son Ransom, the Spoiled rich kid playboy who acts like a massive jerk and makes sure that everybody knows it. Yeah, your eat shit line is great. Yes, where he points at everybody and tells them to eat shit while they're all squabbling at him. They really like that scene. Yes. During Harlan's party, Ransom vocally belittled all of his family members, leading Harlan to call him a disgrace to the family name. Since Ransom's parents' business is going bankrupt, Ransom is worried that he may be cut out of the will and might actually have to get a job oh, instead no. of relying on his family for his money. What? What a raw deal. This is the one that you're interested in. Joni, Harlan's daughter-in-law. Now, Joni married into the Thromby family and her husband died of diabetes. Right. So ever since then, she's become a health freak and a lifestyle coach. And Joni had recently asked Harlan for a loan so she could develop a new range of experimental health foods. Right, okay. And Harlan turned her down. 
Joni knows that she'll be left her late husband's portion of the inheritance when Harlan dies, so she may have seen this as an opportunity to boost her business needs. There was also the affair with Richard that I mentioned as well. That might be involved with it as well. Right, okay. Now, the last one of the detective suspects is Joni's daughter, Meg. Meg is a social justice warrior who's always hated Harlan's mystery novels since they perpetuate negative gender stereotypes. (laughs) All right. Such as, why is the detective always a man? Why are the women always having an affairs or bumping off their husbands for insurance money? You reckon they'll go down that road? Yeah, absolutely. She's going to call out all the standard detective movie cliches and murder mystery cliches. You're killing the truth. Man. Yeah, all of which will appear in this movie as well. Oh, okay. So everything that she says will happen in this movie as well. Is she a good guy? Meg. Yeah. Well, she's a suspect, so she can't be a good guy. All right. Harlan had told Meg during the party that she just doesn't understand what makes good writing, <laughs> and that has made her visibly furious. So right. that could be enough to make her want to kill Harlan. Sounds pretty sketchy to me, but <laughs> she was a suspect on a poster, so why not? <laughs> I had to work it in. Right, all right. Now, throughout these interviews, we'll learn that some of the suspects actually made moves to kill Harlan during the party. So they might have grabbed a knife or a syringe or a bottle of pills or a candlestick. Slip something into his uh, water. Yeah, slip something into his water, but he didn't drink it. Tried to put him down the yeah, stairs. most of them, well, they went up to his study to kill him and open up the door. Harlan, Harlan, you there? But he was already dead. And they went, oh, thank goodness. And just went back downstairs. So, yeah, let's say five of the eight physically went up to murder Harlan, only to find that he was still dead. Went downstairs, pretended like everything was all good. So I think the detectives will eventually decide that Linda's husband, Richard, is the most likely candidate for the murder since he was the last person to have contact with Harlan before he was found dead. So I think that Richard will take Harlan aside and have a little heart-to-heart saying, please don't tell Linda about the affair that I had with Joni. And there were people who witnessed him taking Harlan aside. And that was the last time anyone saw Harlan alive. So the detectives decide that he's got the most likely motives. He's got the most likely chance. He had the candlestick in his hands when he was (laughs) appraising it earlier. And so they apprehend him. And it looks like the case is all wrapped up until dot, 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 a mysterious man begins killing off members of the Thromby family once they return to their homes. So a strange unknown assassin has appeared and started. I couldn't work him into my plot. I know who you're talking about. I had to. We see him in the trailer briefly. Yeah. Kills Ricky Lindholm's character, presumably. Well, we, presumably. we see that she sees his yeah. character. Now, I said that he'll at least kill the ones who aren't top build. Right. The family members who aren't top build. So as Marta learns that family members are being killed off, maybe she'll receive a phone call from the detective saying, do you know anything about the murder of Joni? Marta will narrowly avoid being murdered herself, but she'll escape unharmed. She rescues Ransom before he can be murdered as well, and the two of them attempt to warn the rest of the Thromby family. They're going to go on a mad chase around the city where they're driving at top speed, trying to get to each person's house or hotel or wherever they may be staying trying to warn them before they're killed off by this mysterious man. Now, Marta comes across a family member who's already dead down in a basement. We see a scene oh, in the go. trailer where it's a woman dead in the basement. I didn't know who this woman was, but she's got a spider on her face. I didn't know either. I'm like, is that Meg? No, I don't think so. So I just ignored it. <laughs> so yeah, she's going to be either an employee of Harlan or one of the family members. I think it's a fake dead body. Important. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe. All right, we'll see. Now, Marta and Ransom will team up with the detectives, and they're able to catch this mysterious killer by setting up Ransom as bait. But thankfully, they're able to prevent him from killing Ransom. Now, the big twist, what everyone has been waiting for. Excellent. Everyone's on the edge of their seat. I'm on the edge of my seat. So it turns out 
that it was Harlan himself. I nearly went that direction. No, this wasn't the mystery man who's killing oh, people. Oh, okay. It was Harlan himself who elaborately committed suicide uh-huh. in order to frame his family for his murder. So he left all the clues. He put all the pieces in place. This was his big masterpiece, his final mystery. He was exactly like in your plot. He was fed up with the way that his family was treating his name, how they treated each other. They were having affairs. They were being disgusting people, internet trolls, social justice warriors, <laughs> typical despicable Health people. Health gurus, business women. Yes. Horrible people that he didn't like. And so he's like, they deserve nothing but jail time and contempt. So I'm going to make it look like they killed me for the inheritance. The one person who deserves it, Martyr, is actually going to get a fair share and everyone else is going to be in jail. So bully on them. And he hired this assassin to take out the family members if they escaped justice. Okay. anyone who the police didn't apprehend, this assassin was going to take them out. So why did the assassin go to kill Martyr? Uh, Maybe he was confused. (laughs) He thought he was Meg. Maybe he was tying up absolutely every loose end. Because in the trailer, I got confused which one was Marta and which one was Meg. So maybe that's what happened. Yeah, they do look similar. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. I think one's Hispanic, but anyway. Look, here we go. This Look, this is just a prediction, Matty D. I don't know if everything in it's going to even appear in the movie. So you're just going to have to go with me. Yep. He's a lazy killer. He just kills whoever's (laughs) in front of him. So it was Harlan the entire time? Yep. And this was his big revenge. Everyone's like, gee, wow, this Harlan guy was a piece of work movie over. Oh, really? Who figures it out? Blank and Ransom and Elliot. Oh, they all they put all their heads it. together. <laughs> They're all like, you know what? Maybe the assassin that they apprehended confesses and then they find a letter in the study that reveals it all. Yeah. He wrote it in a book. Maybe he left martyr a key to his safe. They open up the safe and in there there's just a letter that has the basically the whole plot. Okay. Let's say that. All right. There we go. And that was Knives Out. That's Knives Out. We're kind of different. But we're both on the same track that we think that it's all an elaborate ruse by Harlan the whole time. I think they've got to go in this direction. They've got to make it so that Harlan is creating something. Yes. Since Um, I think it's really obvious the fact that they made him a mystery writer. mm, I think that's a huge clue right there. Yeah. But I suppose we'll see. Now, I would love, I would absolutely love to hear if anyone else has a theory on what they think is going to happen in the movie. Yeah, because you can really have a theory about anything. Any of these guys could be the killers. Absolutely. How are you going to work Meg, the social justice warrior, into being the killer? I would love to know. So if you want to tell us what you think is going to happen in the movie or whether you just agree or disagree with what we've predicted and why, mm. you if can let us know. If you've seen something in the trailer that we missed yes. um, or something in the posters apparently that we yes. missed that's you know vital to something we got wrong or right. Yes, so you can let us know by leaving us a comment on this episode's page or otherwise you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. We're pretty easy to find. Mm. Those are the three ways, the three main ways that you can let us know what you think. That's right. And if I don't turn up to next week's podcast, it's because Kieran's killed me for my inheritance. Yes. Two suspects number one. (laughs) I can't believe none of us thought that the butler did it. We did. Martyr is the closest thing to the butler. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm, There you go. (laughs) The butler did do it. Unless there is a butler there, but yeah. We'll see. So let's end the mystery about what we're going to be talking about next week. All right. Let's do it. It's that time of the month where we're going to pull out and do one of our special episodes. Every now and again, we take a break from predicting movies and we come up with our own concept for a movie. Try to beat Hollywood to the punch, as you like to say. Absolutely. So the way that we decide on a concept to explore for the episode is we take a regular six-sided die and we have a big list with numbers next to them of all sorts of various movie ideas, concepts and franchises. And we're going to roll the die twice, or Matty D is going to take the honour this week and roll the die twice. The first time he rolls it, the number that we get will dictate what category 
category we get. So we have six categories of how exactly we're going to approach the topic that we're going to talk about. So, for example, our six categories are remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, spin-off, and adaptation. Mm-hmm. And the second role will determine what exactly, what franchise, what movie series, what individual film will be the jumping-off point for our remake, reboot, sequel, prequel, spin-off, or adaptation. Matty D, we're all excited. Roll the first die so we can find out what we're going to do. Three. Three. Roll the three. Is a sequel. Ooh. So roll it again a second time. No, we've never done a sequel. Oh, cool. So roll it a second time and we'll find out what exactly we'll be doing a sequel to. Five. Five. All right. So we are going to be doing. (laughs) We're going to be doing a sequel to Cool Runnings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, unless you want me to roll again. No, I really <laughs> want to do a sequel to Cool Runnings because, right. first of all, it's an account of real life events. <laughs> so I suppose we could either do a sequel based on presumably the uneventful years that followed their entry into the Winter Olympics, the right. Jamaican bobsled team's <laughs> entry into the Winter Olympics, or we could do, and I can guarantee you and I are both going to be doing this, we're going to do an entirely fictionalised version of what happens in the sequel. Yep. <laughs> I'm excited. I've got so many ideas. <laughs> all right. Well, the classic, uh, for, it was the 90s, right? Yes. The classic 90s. And we're all about I saw 90s it in the nostalgia. Cinemas. This was one of the movies that I saw in really? the cinemas. It was actually the fourth movie I ever saw in the cinemas. Oh, would wow. You believe it? I well, still remember lot, to this day. A lot of stakes. The much beloved John Candy classic, yes. Cool Runnings. John Candy, Jamaican bobsled movie classics. Now, if you've got an idea of what you want to happen in a. In a Cool Runnings sequel. Two? Yeah, Cool Runnings 2, Cooler Runnings. Please let us know. We'd love to hear it. Be part of the conversation. Yes, and join us next week for what exactly <laughs> this will be. And we'll see you then. What's a big RC? What's a big idea? Chasing my worm. You're a cat, son. Cats don't eat worms. You're taking the food right out of my mouth. I don't go around chasing mice. Stand up, boy. You're tripping over your own feet. Now you stay away from worms and I'll stay away from mice. That's fair and square. And if you'd stop all your arguing and jawing, you'd see mice harder. Yep, yep, yep. Keep that mouth flapping and do no listening.